in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Welcome on this Monday. Look at that beautiful live look that we have for you outside. This is downtown Austin. Quiet morning after a weekend of loud storms and some areas getting significant amounts of rain over the weekend. More could be on the way. Good morning and welcome. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. Those storms have passed, but meteorologist Kristen Curry is here continuing to monitor the flood threat and also mm -hmm. more rain. Yeah, more rain. In fact, right now we're seeing rain in Mason County. So let me start there because if we look at radar, you'll notice at this point, a lot of this is ground clutter. The green that you see over the Austin Metro and Eastern County meaning radar is picking up on some of the smaller things, bugs and such. But right now, Mason County, I was just looking, y'all picked up two and a half inches of rain since midnight from this just one thunderstorm. So probably seeing some of the low-lying streets flooded out here. This is going to be an area of concern for the next couple of hours, I think, just because that's a lot of rain in a short amount of time. But it is the only storm we have in the area at this point. I think that changes later on into the afternoon. What do I have temperature-wise? Well, we're seeing widespread upper 60s to low 70s, which compared to yesterday is actually a little bit warmer in most areas, especially out towards the hill country. We are on our way to the 80s again. Yesterday we hit 80s, today we'll go 80s, but you'll notice the rain chances start low and then we get back to a good 40 to 50% chance of scattered storms and showers. Why? Well, we still have plenty of moisture to work with, a couple leftover boundaries to help kickstart these storms once we get into the daytime heating later on today. So still going with scattered rain coverage both today and again tomorrow. Little break, Wednesday, Thursday, and then technically speaking, we've got a cold front coming in Friday uh, into Saturday. I don't think it's going to drop our temperatures much, but it will bring those rain chances back at about 20% late week. But my, my main focus right now is going to be getting through today because especially areas that get hit hard over the weekend with the heavy rain, it's not going to take as much to see those flooding issues later this afternoon. So we'll talk more about it, kind of time out the rain for you. All of that here in just a few minutes. Let's get you over to Erica with a check on your Monday morning drive. Thanks so much, Kristen, and happy Monday 502. A live look here in Round Rock, I-35 near Old Settlers Boulevard, quiet northbound and southbound. And that's kind of the big picture around the Austin area. We've got no issues on the main lane of I-35 or Mopac or 183. Do watch for some police activity on East William Cannon Drive, right near Sp Springfield Drive, very close to McKinney Falls Parkway. Just be mindful of that. Otherwise, right now, here are your drive times. They do look good to kick off this new week. Northbound 35, Kyle to downtown, 24 minutes, and southbound 35, Round Rock to downtown, a quick 20-minute drive. Erica, thank you. We want to continue our follow-up of the breaking news in Southeast Austin, a suspicious death overnight. Austin police trying to figure out who killed a person off Springfield Drive. This is out near William Cannon Drive in McKinney Falls Parkway. The Marble Creek Greenbelt also nearby. And this is where we find our Dylan McKim. Dylan, they just gave you an update police did. What did they tell you so far? Yeah, the biggest update here is that they've upgraded this from a suspicious death investigation to a homicide investigation. What we know right now is that one person, a male, was shot and killed here at a park just near Springdale or Springfield Drive, I should say. Another woman who was with that male, she was taken to the hospital with what I'm told is non-life-threatening injuries. Let me show you what the scene looks like right now as police continue to investigate here on Springfield Drive. A lot of police cars, there were a couple EMS trucks here, but they are are uh, focusing on taking some pictures at a car that was parked near this park. Uh, and as far as 
who did this. Police are still looking to see if there is one suspect, multiple suspects. They don't know uh, who did this, but they are saying that there is no threat to neighbors in this area. Right now, they're going around and talking to neighbors, trying to get any kind of uh, ring doorbell footage or any kind of cameras that neighbors may have had of this crime. We did speak to some neighbors who told us that they heard six gunshots this morning as they were waking up. But guys, the uh, police still looking for a suspect or suspects in this crime. We'll continue to follow the story and we'll update our viewers on air and online at KXAN.com. But for right now, we'll send things back to you in the studio. Dylan McKim for us. Thank you, Dylan. President Joe Biden answering some questions on top issues. He stopped for questions during a bike ride over the weekend, saying both parties are interested in reaching an agreement on the U.S. debt limit and believes they will be able to do it. He also remains optimistic about the situation at the border as the number of migrants seeking entry into the U.S. is now going down. If they are, they have gone down. My hope is they'll continue to go down, but we have more, a lot more work to do. And we need some more help from the Congress as well in terms of funding and legislative changes. The meeting to address the debt limit meant for last Friday was postponed to this week, but we still don't know what day that'll happen. 5.05 is your time this morning, and today Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will take a step toward officially running for the White House. As NBC's Ali Rafa reports, it comes after a weekend in Iowa where sources tell us he went after former President Donald Trump. The signs in Iowa this weekend said DeSantis 2024. We must reject the culture of losing that has infected our party in recent years. And the Florida governor ramped up his veiled attacks on the GOP's frontrunner, former President Trump. The time for excuses is over. DeSantis even taking advantage of Mr. Trump having to cancel a Saturday night rally in Des Moines due to weather. Making a surprise visit there himself. I think Florida and Iowa are a source of hope. You know, we're going to have a chance uh, pretty soon to make sure that's done in every state in this country. DeSantis, however, has still not declared, but NBC News has learned he'll have to soon. His political staff set to move into a new base of operations Monday, according to two sources, a move that will cost enough money to trigger disclosure requirements and the need to file candidacy paperwork with federal election officials within 15 days. This weekend, his super PAC rolled out endorsements from 37 Iowa state legislators. The former president countering that by announcing the support of 150 Iowa elected officials. Then we're gonna make America great again. Kept from the GOP's key early state by the weather, Mr. Trump instead last night called into a far-right conference at his South Florida hotel, hosted by his former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, whom he fired early in his administration for lying to the FBI. General Flynn, he's some general, he's some man, he took abuse like nobody could have handled. The former president vowing to bring Flynn back into his administration if re-elected. We're going to bring you back. You are not going to see as many DPS troopers in Austin after troopers were moved to the border cities to help with Title 42 ending. They temporarily suspended their efforts to help the Austin Police Department with patrols. DPS started helping Austin in March because of the department's staffing shortage. Right now, there are about 300 vacancies at APD. According to law enforcement sources, troopers will likely not return to their Austin post for several weeks. A campaign aimed at saving lives on Texas roads returns today. The Texas Department of Transportation is launching its statewide 
click it or ticket campaign. According to TxDOT, more than 1,200 unbuckled drivers and passengers in Texas died last year. That's up 2.5% from 2021. TxDOT says wearing a seatbelt reduces your risk of dying in a vehicle crash by 45%. TxDOT is hosting an event this morning where Eden Gonzerla from Dripping Springs and her father will be speaking. She has undergone seven years of physical therapy and speech therapy after surviving a car crash. She lost control of her vehicle while not wearing a seatbelt and broke nearly every bone in her body. Today, she will be speaking with the help of a computer while she slowly learns to walk and talk again. She says the choice to not wear a seatbelt not only impacts you, but your loved ones. If I had buckled up the day of my crash before driving to work, my injuries would have been a lot less severe. As I always say, don't do this to your loved ones. They don't deserve it and neither do you. Along with the campaign, officers across Texas will step up enforcement of their seatbelt laws between May 22nd and June 4th. Thank you, Erica. 5.09 is your time this morning and take a look at this. You may see a cute little fawn while you're out and realize it's all alone and maybe your instinct is to take it to safety. But officers say don't do that. The Cedar Park Police Department says a fawn's parents can leave them alone for hours at a time to go find food. It is fawning season, so you could expect to see a lot of them out there. And if you are truly concerned, it's best that you watch them from a distance. Mama will eventually return. Mm -hmm. Good advice. It's tempting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You had to go and at least, you know, say touch hi. And cuddle. I know. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. I don't think I would be tempted to pet a deer. No, I mean, I, it's so oh, cute. That baby yeah. is nice and fuzzy. The, baby anything, yeah. I think I'd be tempted to at least True. touch it. Yeah. You know, if not hold it <laughs> right. and cuddle it, take it off. Well, now Boop we know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's that's for me. That's for me. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast. Temperatures are going to be warm this week, mid to upper. 80s, but at least this rain has kept us away from the 90s. That's what we were talking about earlier in the month. So it's been nice, relatively speaking, to be a little bit closer to normal with these numbers, not only in the afternoon, but overnight as well. Mid to upper 60s is what we're looking at as far as those morning lows go this week. What about our rainfall? Well, our rainfall almanac at Camp Maybury yesterday. Only picked up 207 inches, saw a little bit more out at Austin Bergstrom, but we got some good rain Saturday morning with that line of storms that moved in early, early, around 3 to 5 a.m., dropped over two inches in downtown Austin. So that has brought our uh, numbers up for the month above average by about a quarter of an inch, below average still for the year by about three quarters. Uh, just updated your rain totals across all of central Texas. I'm going to show you that here in just a few minutes. But the drought monitor continues to show Still desperate for rainfall in the hill country. Now, this does not reflect the rain that we saw over the weekend. That will be in the next update, which comes down Thursday. And we should start to see some of these colors disappear west of I-35. That rainfall map, I've got that for you here in just a couple of minutes. Coming up, the latest on the nationwide shortage of Adderall and some advice as kids are misusing the drug. And a Texas bill back out for discussion. What could change for parents and their children's education? There is a new study that finds more middle and high school students are abusing ADHD prescription drugs. As many as one in four students at some schools 
These findings coming as more children are being diagnosed with this condition. I talked to a psychiatrist with some advice on the problem of kids misusing the drug as well as the nationwide shortage of Adderall. What do you tell the millions of people out there then, parents or um, kids or adults themselves who have ADHD but are running into that shortage of medication? You know, it can be frustrating. It's been frustrating for my patients. It's frustrating all across our country. We do have a shortage in particular with the short-acting stimulants, i.e. Adderall. That's caused us all to take a look with our patients and say, are there other treatment options that may be appropriate, maybe even more appropriate, because you can take it once a day instead of multiple times a day that could meet your needs with ADHD. So I would say talk to your provider and point out where ADHD affects you in your life. Is it school? Is it friends? Is it in the evening when I come and I have to take care of my kids that I get really frustrated and overwhelmed and distracted? So where do the symptoms show up in your life? What are your needs? And work with your clinician on finding the right treatment option for you. Dr. Manley, what about um, some of those who take Adderall and are not diagnosed with ADHD? Is that a problem as well? It, it, it can be. And I think that is where the trend has been to move away from short-acting stimulants. We know that short-acting stimulants like Adderall can sometimes be misused or diverted and used in ways that they maybe shouldn't be used. So that's led to the trend about trying to minimize the use of those short-acting stimulants and moving to the medicines that are once daily, smoother release, probably less likely to be abused or misused. So the once daily stimulants are the non-stimulant options for our patients with ADHD. Do you think that more people are being diagnosed with ADHD that we're running into that medication shortage or is it more of a manufacturing thing? It's both, it's a chicken or the egg issue. We know that during COVID when people had to stay home and learn from home, parents saw their kids struggling. Parents who were having to work from home virtually also realized, hey, if I have cognitive issues, I'm falling behind. This isn't my workmates that are getting me distracted, it's me and I'm getting distracted inside myself. And we also know that we had a fixed supply of ADHD medicines. So increased demand, a fixed supply, and that's led to a shortage that probably is not gonna go away anytime soon. Dr. Gregory Madeline, thank you so much for talking to us. K-517 is your time. A bit of entertainment news this morning as music icon Dolly Parton is sharing the latest on her life this morning. She's sitting down with NBC's Jacob Soboroff on today. The pair is looking at the newest attraction at Dollywood, her theme park. <laughs> Comes as Dolly wrapped up uh, co-hosting the Academy of Country Music Awards. She's also giving some insight into her life like you've never heard before. What's Dolly like at home? We see out and about all the time, but we don't get to see at home. Oh, that's right, and you wouldn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I always sleep with my makeup on, you know, and my hair to where if I have to get put out in the streets in an earthquake or something, I'm not going to be on the news. And did you see that? <laughs> running out of the house in the earthquake? I'd rather, I'd rather be dead than to be caught like that. There are those kids. <laughs> Love her. You can hear more from Dolly on today. Do you think that's true? You think she's Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she's even talked about how she makes her husband breakfast every morning in her high heels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like so Dolly. Yeah. Yes. So it is Dolly. so Dolly, and that's why we love her. Yeah. Right? Uh, we named our cat after her. Oh, Aww. there you go. It's Dolly Purton. Dolly Purton. Oh, very good. I love that. Yeah, we're that family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let me show you what's going on with these rainfall totals. I'm back.
back this up to encompass the whole rain that we saw this weekend. Widespread one to three inches, pockets of three to four. Fayette County topped four inches, had close to three and a half inches out towards Johnson City. Austin Metro, we got close to that three inch mark downtown. This was a good soaking that we needed, and we're not done yet either. We still have the opportunity for scattered rain later today. My eyes right now are on this Mason County storm. As I mentioned earlier, it's already dropped two inches in the last hour in Mason, and it's not moving very fast. So we could potentially see some localized flooding within the town of Mason out along portions of 29 here in those low-lying spots. So be mindful of that. Right now, it's the only storm that I'm watching on radar. As far as the rest of today goes, you can expect 90s by 9 a.m. or excuse me, 70s by 9 a.m., 80s by lunchtime, and then we're going to be on the way to the 80s later this afternoon. Yesterday, 86. Today, I'm going 85. So it's going to feel about the same, and it should probably look about the same as far as the morning conditions go, with a couple isolated storms and showers here and there. I expect more to be on radar late day, though, compared to what we had on Sunday. Sunday, most of us actually stay dry in the afternoon. Today, I'm going with some scattered storms and showers. These shouldn't be severe. We'll just be watching for some heavy rain at times and again the flooding risk, especially for those who got hit hard over the weekend. I'm going to be watching you in particular eastern counties because you're not going to have a whole lot of uh, absorption here in your soils. We've got saturated soils in some parts of the areas east of I-35. So everybody is underneath that two out of four risk, but eastern counties in particular, heads up. It's not going to take much to see those flooding issues. So we've got scattered storms today. Scattered storms and showers tomorrow, but then we see a nice little dry out here Wednesday and Thursday. So how much rain could we see? between now and about Wednesday. Well, I'm expecting about a quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch in general, isolated spots of more. It's impossible to nail down where the heaviest showers or downpours will fire up. It's possible anywhere within the within central Texas. So we're going to be watching closely that radar and we'll provide updates as those storms develop. But I would be on the lookout just for some scattered storms in general today and tomorrow with the drier skies to come and some sunshine Wednesday, Thursday. Low rain chances fill back in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but again, it's only 20%, not a washout. Temperatures in the afternoon will stay in the 80s all the way through the upcoming weekend. Erica? Thanks so much, Kristen. It is 521. Good morning. Hopefully your Monday is off to a good start on this new week. Good morning, Cedar Park, Northwest Austin. This is Highway 183 up by 620. Northbound there on the right side, southbound on the left side. I love this shot, really shows how things are looking. And they do look very quiet for those of you coming in from Leander, Liberty Hill, Cedar Park, that sort of thing. So as far as any major issues on the main lanes of 183, Mopac 35, not seeing that right now. Do watch for police activity just off East William Cannon, right there at Springfield Drive, just west of McKinney Falls Parkway. Your drive times exactly as they should be at 522 on a Monday morning. Very quiet coming in from the south. Kyle to downtown Austin, 24 minutes. Bastrop, your drive on westbound 71 right now is only going to take you 22 minutes and no delays southbound 35 from Round Rock. Tom. All right, thank you. A company has created a stronger, lighter, and more environmentally friendly material. A new alternative that's also recyclable. Joining me now is Richard Myersko, whose company has created a more environmentally friendly material that's also recyclable. Yeah, so a little composites. Um, what we are, we're a high-end high uh, manufacturer of very light, very strong composite materials. 
you know, in, in that industry, this, this here is uh, the traditional Dacron material. So if you look at sailboats and uh, windsurfing sails, and bags, all those types of things, they're typically made with this type of a material. And this has been around for 50 years. And the thing is, it, it's a good material. The, the world is sort of based on using these types of materials, but unfortunately, they're mixed polymer. So when they, they, uh, the scraps that end up in the garbage or the end of life products, they unfortunately end up in the landfill. So, so your company basically created a material that you can kind of capture the, the scraps, reuse it and make something new that lasts longer and is also more durable and stronger. In its, its new form, it really outperforms the incumbent. So not only is it recyclable, the raw materials are recyclable, the end of use products are recyclable, but the fabric or the composite itself is, is much, much stronger uh, than the traditional. So this is half the weight of this background that it would replace. And I know that, you know, looking at me here, pulling on this, but there's like... Oh, wow. We have to make decisions every day on our materials. We could we make it lighter, a little stronger if we add a, um, you know, something that ruins the recyclability and we started making those hard decisions and we're not we're not doing it. So we're we're really it's, it's actually a lot of fun. And what we're finding is that by making that decision, we're able to manipulate uh, these these polymers in these groups and and quite often outperform what we, we probably could have done with uh, making a non recyclable. So it's, it's really, it's been great. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.